survivors and welcome to Large Med Pack, a Dead Space podcast by Resident Evil fans for Resident Evil fans. This is First Aid Spray bonus episode 4 and in this edition we'll be journeying into the quiet outer reaches of the universe and on board the USG Ishimura in our look back at the first Dead Space game. My name is Cyniac, you can just call me Cy and joining me on the panel this week, make us whole again, it's Firebutton Steve Valance. Hello. Make us whole again, it's Cereobox64, Jordan Sugru. Hello. Make us whole again. It's Moist Albert, aka James. Make us whole again. <laughs> There's an echo in here. The subject of this bonus episode, like all others, was voted on by our Patreon backers. Support the show now to not only keep us afloat, but to also create new content, select what that content is, and hear it before everybody else. Tears begin at just $1 a month. Check out patreon.com forward slash FA Spray Pod for the full breakdown. So, Dead Space. Um, this is one that we've wanted to do for a while, definitely. Um, it won its poll, what I refer to as the dead poll. Uh, dead Rising got a 0% on its second appearance, that's a shame. Uh, and Dead Space got 67% to House of the Dead's 33%. So it was close-ish. But Dead Space, very much happily the winner. Um, dead Space was released in 2008 by EA Redwood Studios. It was created by Glenn Schofield, um, who was looking to create the most frightening horror game possible. Inspired by the likes of Silent Hill and the recently released Resident Evil 4. Well, recently-ish released Resident Evil 4. In fact, the game was often described by him as Resident Evil in space to his team. Uh, Dead Space was a massive success and went on to spawn two sequels, but today we're focusing on just the first game, which is set in 2508 on board the mining station USG Ishimura, with players taking on the role of in engineer Isaac Clarke as he and his team brave the crashed vessel and discover why exactly it went dark, discovering the existence of monstrous creatures called necromorphs, stories of crew members gone insane, and an alien artifact at the heart of it all. So our first question with this, as with every game we talk about, is what is your earliest experience with Dead Space. Where were you when it was released or when you played it the first time? Uh, let's start with uh, Jordan. Well, uh, I, I don't actually know when it first sort of dropped, when, when I first started to be made aware of it. But I mean, at that point in time, EA was having a, a really great little sort of mini renaissance. You know, you, you had titles like Mirror's Edge and, and Dead Space suddenly showing up that were sort of these new... Um, creative original ips uh where at a point in time ea had sort of been known for a lot of its licenses and a heavy dependence on that and uh while obviously it's fluctuated with their their, their sort of their history and the, the brand over the years this point in particular was a really a, a strong era um for like a period of a couple of years along with you know the introduction of mass effect and that um i would say that my first proper experience with dead space was the dismemberment demo that came out um this whole notion of sort of a specialized demo specifically introducing you to the way the combat works not necessarily showing you a large chunk of the game but more getting you used to how uh the actual combat works it's just it was just a great introduction um obviously immediately got resident evil 4 vibes but in all the right ways um so yeah, I'd say I, that was that was my hmm. first impression, and I was I was on board very early on. Um, nice. I got this in around in or around launch. Cool, uh, Steve. Where where were you when Dead Space launched? Did you also get it early on? Uh, this almost missed me by. Uh, hmm. I was basically I was spending some time looking after a friend, hanging out with them, and they picked it up. I think they must have pre-ordered it, and we spent the day 
playing, I want to say the first five or six chapters that day. And uh, it was such an impactful moment that the second that I got home, I went and bought like a digital, well, no, it wasn't a digital copy. I went and went out, went to like a supermarket on the way home to pick up a copy. Wow, so, nice. Yeah, it, it, it took me by surprise because that first like six or so hours, we were just scared out of our, you know, scared out of our willies from violins and various other loud noises and the monsters <laughs> themselves. And it impressed me enough that I went, you know what, I'm going in. And I bought it and then I, the, the Xbox 360 had all these visual comics that I uh, like chewed over as well while I was like in between the games. So technically, I was watching the prelude stuff as I was playing the you know the game. But mm. yeah, on times first first couple of days, definitely nice. And James, what was your first experience with Dead Space? Um, it's it's weird actually because I was playing uh, it, as as mentioned um, like that era between 2006 and like 2009 ish and maybe a couple years after was like heyday of EA and I was playing Dragon Age Origins at the time and when I finished that game which I it's one of my favorite games ever I wanted to explore the rest of the like all the awesome stuff that's coming out of EA at that point and um Dead Space I think I can't remember I think it was somebody that recommended it to me because I said I needed to play a horror game right and they said oh you love space right <laughs> right and i was like yeah i love space and they they said oh, give dead space a chance and it was on my playstation 3 that i got it for um yeah i got it on my playstation 3 cuz i think during that time as well i was playing a lot of final fantasy um 2 and uh yeah so and when so i didn't get it on release i got it around 2009 2010 i think Right. Around that around that uh, time time period, and uh, yeah, was, I enjoyed it back then. But then recently playing it again, I mean, literally this week I went through the entire game. Um, it was like going through the game again uh, with a fresh um, lick of paint, and it was really really nice because I got that fresh feel again um, from not playing it for almost a decade. Yeah, so. absolutely. <laughs> well, I actually um, played it the most recently then in terms of the first time because I played it for the first time about a year and a half ago. Um, after many people requested that I tackle it on my own YouTube channel, uh, I did it um, for a Halloween episode. Played the first game, finally. Um, so yeah, fairly recent. So a year and a half later, and I've gone back to it. So I didn't quite have that gulf of mystery that you would have had from not playing it for a decade. But um, all the same, I yeah, I enjoyed it both times, absolutely all the way through, and we'll definitely break down why that is and, and stuff like that so um starting i suppose with the gameplay makes the most sense to start with um and how it is yeah we talked about it and it's been talked about even by the creators it was very much inspired by resident evil 4 which is you know appropriate that we talk about it then i suppose um it very much feels like resident evil 4 um but it does have lots of its own stuff going on. And Jordan, you mentioned the dismemberment demo, which is probably the best place to start. I didn't know such a thing existed, but yeah, uh, I'm absolutely, glad it does. Yeah, it was. Um, I, I think that immediately kind of brings people in. The dismemberment demo, like mm. it's it's gory even in the title. So you know that's a great way to kind of draw people into our game. But I mean, you know, two thousand eight. That's um, that's 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 obviously quite a few years after Resident Evil Four, right, but yeah, still. Yeah. Up until that point, I wouldn't say that there had been, uh, you know, many other contenders to, you know, kind of come close to that design, 
um, or to be able to do it successfully. And I, I think the the best aspect of Dead Space is the fact that it was able to uh, take those elements, but ultimately make it very uh, unique to itself. I mean, obviously, the the thing is, um, tactical shooting in Resident Evil Four um, is is widespread. It, it helps a lot to be able to shoot away weapons or mm. go for weak spots like the knees to stall enemies and stuff like that. But it was it was absolutely essential in Dead Space. Um, every single enemy is catered to it, and every single enemy challenges you in a in a different way, which means that you might need to switch a weapon or modify uh, the direction in which it shoots. All of these different uh, manners and tactics were, were put together, especially um, in the later parts of the game, where it's it's more just uh, taking all of the enemies that you've been introduced to and chucking them all at you at once to see how you deal with the the, the crowd management. Um, like I said, the the, the demo, uh, from what I remember, was was really straightforward in exactly what you needed to learn about the game, which was the combat. The main uh, weapon that you're going to be introduced to is is the plasma cutter. Uh, you know you can beat the whole game with just the plasma cutter, and you know it's a certainly a fun way of doing it. Honestly, it was like for for a good while, it was one of my favorite weapons in a game, just because of the simplicity of it. Mm. It's um, it's it's a mine, it's a piece of mining equipment fashioned as a weapon. It's got a it's got a great design backstory to it. It's really effective, um, and, and and you can go through most of the game using just the plasma cutter, um, as long as you've got your tactics right. So, obviously, it changes certain aspects, uh, like the movement. Um, it's a little bit more free than Resident Evil Four, um, and I think that kind of what helped curry favor because there were there were some hangups about Resident Evil Four and its tank controls and whether or not it needed to be a little bit more free for uh, the next installment. Well, Dead Space comes along and kind of answers that question mm. by throwing a different dynamic in the game and saying that you, you must be able to move a little bit more free uh, because you're going to be needing to manage rooms in a, a kind of manner that was not necessarily the goal in Resident Evil 4. So, uh, yeah, the, the gameplay is, is incredibly strong from a combat perspective. Um, you know, your mileage varies on the backtracking. Um, and, and the actual tasks at hand. But as far as like a pure combat uh, ethos, it works really well. Yeah, it's funny that you immediately jumped off talking about the plasma cutter and plasma cutter only run, which is what I did this time around, actually. Um, I can't even remember who suggested it, but I thought, you know what, that, that sounds interesting. I'm going to give it a go and <clears throat> see how far I get at least with it. And... Yeah, for the most part, I didn't have to. There was a couple of struggles in places where I, this is kind of ridiculous. But once you um, sort of used all your other abilities, your disposal, less weapon, more some of the other stuff that you can do, like uh, stasis, which we'll talk about. Um, yeah, it's it's actually it's pretty fun. And then after I got that achievement pop up, uh, they said that I beat it with the one gun achievement. Um, I checked the rest of the achievements, and I, there's a lot of them for like um, making amount of kills with each weapon which is fairly standard for this kind of game. I don't think I've got any of them. Um, so I guess in my first playthrough, I mostly stuck to the plasma cutter anyway, so it was, <laughs> probably wasn't that big of a difference as I thought, um, playing it exclusively with. I know I messed around with some of the other weapons, definitely, but I, I think the plasma cutter was, you know, the full back, absolutely 90% of the time. 
because uh, it's so useful and it so perfectly sums up that com that combat style that you're talking about the tactical shooting you know the whole combat is based around dismemberment of limbs um, in order to stop your foes you know it's not just taking the head off you might have to take a couple of arms off as well that kind of stuff and, and there's like the weird like wiggly torpedo shooting things where you have to shoot all the different uh sort of appendages and it, it's all very much focused around that which was yeah it was really original and a really cool idea definitely um i think it's a statement of strength on 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 the game design that it kind of allows you to be able to do that hmm. because the game is confident enough to let you be able to play the game with just the, the starting weapon. It's saying this this tool can actually be used, if if used properly, it yeah. can get you the whole way through. You don't have to use anything that's particularly overpowered. There are definitely weapons that are suited for you know ripping through tons of enemies at a go. Um, I really like when games are able to do that. It's, it's a sign of confidence from mm. the designers that what they've made... Um, is is competent in in design uh and yeah it's it's great it's great i'm, I'm trying not to get too loved up about this game but <laughs> i will i will i will say it now so i don't keep repeating it dead space is a fantastic game i absolutely love it i kind of considered it almost uh, you know an unofficial entry in the resident evil series because of how well <laughs> it plays to um those design tenets and you know a large part of that is it you know is down to the combat and how well it was implemented it's, I mean, it's also worth saying, to be fair, there was a couple of times when we was like, right, so um, we're going to look at some other video games outside of Resident Evil, um, you know, just stuff that's appropriate, stuff that's jumping off points, you know, let's start with some things like Silent Hill and that, and Jordan was like, Dead Space, can we do Dead Space? What are we doing Dead Space? Dead Space, Dead Space. <laughs> There's Dead Space on the poll, I'm going to tip the poll in favour of Dead Space, which you didn't have to do <laughs> at all, the fans just no, went, no. no. Full, dis full disclosure, I, I let dem democracy handle this, okay? <laughs> And democracy said uh, cutting the limbs off of Alien in space. So, um, James, how do you feel about the combat of Dead Space? Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely love the combat in this game. Um, I love how... Uh, I love, in a way, but it's also annoyance, but it's, you know, Visceral know their way around their own game, but how clunky it is. You really feel like you're playing a space trucker engineer who mm. hasn't really gone into a combat situation um before um well i mean I, d I don't know the history as much uh you know as i know other stuff but like i got that isaac is just not that experienced in this kind of stuff he has his plasma cutter he has his suit on and you know he's doing his best and <laughs> yeah it's it you could really feel that while you were playing because several times when i was playing it i was like oh come on isaac come on and then i look at him i'm like oh you you poor, poor man. <laughs> you, know, it's, you know, he's just clunking along. He's like, oh, I'm just trying to find my girlfriend. Uh, you know, He does um, a lot of like shouting and screaming anytime he sort of like stomps or throws a punch, you know, like a terrified, like, ah! And he very clearly has a suit that's intended for use outside. For yeah, use yeah, he's very weighty on, as well. On planet, and yet he's having to kind of trundle through sort of mm. hallways and stuff like that. Uh, you can feel that with whenever he has to use the stomp um, move with his boot and it's yeah. a heavy stomp <laughs> you can tell those boots are made for going in sort of zero g or low g um environments yeah it's like his uh it's it, like like his uh his um melee attack as well it's like you know a typical melee attack like i mean if we're t if we're hearkening back to re4 i mean melee attacks <laughs> in that game you know were yeah they were crazy <laughs> you know and you know very fast and very uh yeah they were very 
experience. But in this game, he goes around the entire screen to get a, a fist in. You know, and it's like he's putting his entire weight and the weight of the suit, and you really felt that weight. And that's that's really good game design. Hmm. You know, it's like you 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 felt everything um, as he was trying to you know fight his way through the USG Ishimura. It was really really cool to play with um, because I was getting frustrated, but I wasn't getting frustrated at Isaac. I was getting frustrated because you know the games. This is what the game's giving me. You know, and I have to overcome that. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah. Gameplay, loved it. I loved the weapons in it. I used... Um, I use, I was I was going to try and do, because Steve recommended it to me, I was going to try and use the plasma cutter for the entire playthrough, but those little uh, uh, blobby things that come out of people and they just come in swarms. Oh, God, yeah, they're a pain. Yeah, like my first my first death was to those. Yeah, and same. I had no i had, I had no idea I was going to die. I I didn't even know they were on me. Um, and then I was like, no, we're getting the plasma, we're getting the pulse rifle, and we're we're blasting these fools. And then later on, those guys send out the blobs with the tentacles came up, and I was like, okay, takes so much to kill them with a plasma cutter and a pulse rifle. Let's get the line thing, the line gun, or whatever yeah. that was, that was called. Um, and that worked out, but then I finished the game with a plasma cutter. So, <laughs> yeah. So it was. Uh, it, it went. It went right by, right the way around to the beginning again. It was. It was cool. Nice. Um, yeah, the gameplay against the enemies as well. Super cool. Even though I played the game before several times. I mean, it's on stream. It's on VOD, right? Several times I jump out of my skin. <laughs> As I'm just walking through, and then suddenly it gets me. Um, yeah, so it's, it's I, 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 yeah, awesome game. Love, love playing it. The gameplay is awesome, and uh, loved every minute of it. Awesome, Steve. How do you feel about uh, the gameplay and the combat, especially? Uh, very good. Mm. Very, very good. <laughs> like, I, I'm one of those weirdos who can appreciate most tenets of the Resident Evil franchise, including four and five and the classics, right? The combat in Dead Space, I'd argue, is, while not as, should we say, frenetic with all the melee moves and all the flashy, like, jumping over ledges, climbing up yeah. ladders and all this lot, is uh, equally satisfying, if not more so, because of the, the fact that the enemies aren't uh, filled with canned animations. Because, like, you lop a necromorph's head off, that doesn't stop it. It just gets angrier and starts flailing around like a maniac. You, you, you like, you lop its leg off. And then it's going to crawl towards you. you. You blow one arm off; it's still going to try and get you with the other one. And like the, the way they've built these enemies to be so uh, interchangeable, con uh, you know, in feedback to a player's, shall we say, input with the plasma cutter. I, I really appreciate that the fact that you can be tactical and how you break them apart, and then mm. they all have like rag dolls and things. It feels very—I know the word isn't accurate, but very realistic in comparison. Like they feel like they exist in that space yeah. a lot more than the Ganados do. Is it? I don't know if this is the right way to put it, but does it feel less video gamey because of it? Uh, yeah, I mean the the UI and stuff as well. I, I, I yes, don't know if it's that's very true. Bit, actually, but, yeah. But the fact that everything in that game, besides the pause screen, is in game. Even your inventory, your map, it's all a projection from Isaac's suit. Um, that stuff always draws me in. Like, it immerses me so heavily. But the um, the actual exploring of the environments, for the most part, is okay. Uh, the combat itself is like to say you can move and shoot. I still don't. 
like unless I'm yeah. like you know being pressed, I'm still I'm just backing up a bit while firing a pulse rifle, like pulse rifle wildly. You know, I, I generally just stand in place resi style anyway, which mm-hmm. is weird. But the actual enemies themselves, the way that they respond to your attacks, and the way that they tend to announce themselves rather a bit more terrifyingly than like you know, oh star, it's <laughs> with a violin scream helps the horror factor, I think. Like. Uh, and then enemy variety as well is surprisingly strong in Dead Space, I feel. Like, uh, you've got your regular slashes, you've got your, I don't know what scorpion ones are called, you know, the ones with, like, the big tail. Yes, yeah. Uh, and then you've got, like, your swarmers, those little finger things, and you've got seekers, there's, there's, there's loads. The point is there's lots of targets to, to mm. that EA have obviously thought about, well, Visceral Studios is what we call them. Like, yeah, Redwood Shores. Yeah. I, the, I, I had a nickname for each one of them. Yeah, that, that's the thing, though. I mean, I've yeah. got the I've got the old strategy guide somewhere, and they've all got very simple names like Slasher and yeah, um, yeah whatnot. I think the only the big ones like the Leviathan that's got a very yeah. special name. Everything else yeah. is kind of like you know Slasher, Swarmer, Seeker. Um, well, but they all have the yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the, the regenerating nightmare creature. Mm. Um, ooh. <laughs> well, I think the thing I'm most impressed with is like like everyone's touched on the weaponry. You can beat the entire game with the blooming plasma cutter but like there are some surprisingly deadly improvised tools in this uh, like you know you've got a kinetic feedback gun that's probably designed to push things and then you've got a uh, a mineral laser and then you've got like what is the, the, the line gun is designed to be shaving bits off of rock isn't it and stuff like that mm. like and it's actually like a rail shotgun in a way but the, the, the fact they actually thought about these to make them uh, I want to say iconic because, like, they they carry on throughout the rest of the franchise. These weapons, they 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 don't get replaced mm-hmm. to change out. They just get added to, like, that, to make a, a weapon set like Doom, for example, where most other templates copy it. I think is pretty strong. Like the fact they they had the confidence to go with this. Yeah, uh, I, didn't, I wasn't aware of that because I've not played any of the sequels yet. So that's cool that the <coughs> uh, the weapon set kind of carries through. I mean, three three is technically weird because you can build your own weapons, but we'll get into that when we get right. to that. Right, yeah, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's also worth pointing out that you were talking about the UI and stuff. I actually completely forgot about making a note about that, but, I mean, yeah, fair play to them. You know, all the all the stuff you need to see is on the back of Isaac's suit. Health, uh, you know, the um, amount of map stasis you've got left, stuff like that. It's it's funny because it immediately makes me think of, and obviously because I hadn't played Dead Space at the time, in 2009 when they brought out the Ghostbusters video game, they basically just copied it. You know, you got your health and all the stuff on the back of the Proton Pack, and when it came out, people were like, oh my god, it's like Dead Space, which came out a year beforehand. Um, it was such a, yeah, and, and we're talking about less video gamey, that kind of thing helps, you know, it all, all ties everything nicely together. I think there was definitely a push to try and kind of reduce UI at the time as mm. well. Yeah, for sure. And to try to try and kind of keep it a bit more clean. Obviously, if you compare it to to something like Resident Evil Four, there is a lot less to sort of distract you in terms of UI. It does beg the question why he would have that on the back of his suit when he can't see it. He, he can't see it, but <laughs> you obviously you don't really kind of care about that right. because it is such a good indicator. Otherwise, I mean, obviously, with a game like this. You know, just like Resident Evil 4, I, I kind of describe a lot of Resident Evil 4's combat as being sort of gallery style, where a lot of the enemies are facing in front of you. And, um, you know, while that's really largely enemies coming from one angle, uh, because of the the rate in which they're coming towards you and projectiles they might be throwing, you've got a challenge where you've got to try and shoot uh, based upon what is your next threat. It's a similar 
instance with uh, Dead Space, although I think I would say that the combat is a little bit more open in that the enemies are coming from different spaces. But ultimately, you're going to be in those gallery-style situations mm -hmm. where a lot of the enemies are right ahead of you. Um, and so you want as much of the real estate of the screen available to you as possible to be able to see all the enemies and, and, and everything. And I, I think that's why it, it works very effectively. You know, ammo's there on the guns. That's not necessarily new. There's, you yeah, know, yeah. Games like Halo have been doing that since the beginning of their series. But yeah, things like the health indicators and the, sta and the stasis indicator, um, just very simplistic, very iconic, and very easy to um, kind of latch onto. I mean, to be quite honest, it, it largely sits on that sort of le left-hand side bottom corner. So it kind of works as a as a stationary health bar for the most part anyway when you're aiming. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really effective. I think obviously the philosophy of UI has fluctuated with trends um, and also necessity within different games. But there was obviously clearly a, a conscious effort to minimize it as much as possible um, things like the waypoint system. I don't know how you guys feel about the the, the way the waypoint system. Obviously, it's completely optional. Um, you know, when you can, I think it's pressing one of the thumbsticks, and you can see a direct path for where you next need to go, which certainly helps um, in some of the environments. Um, yeah, all of these aspects kind of minimize your need to go into menus, um, and it, it's it's a good it's a good design philosophy, I think. Yeah, I mean, there is a map to look at, obviously, if you want to do that when you open up your inventory and stuff, but uh, mostly you won't need it because of, if you're going to use the waypoint thing, like you say, it's completely optional. Um, I'm happy it's there. It kept me moving along at a good pace, but if you wanted to just sort of, like, forego it and get a little bit lost, um, this game is very much not built around it in the sense the areas are big, but obviously that's part of playing horror games, really, just sort of um, wandering around a little bit. Um, but I was very happy with it, especially because at the current moment... I'm playing a game where I would actually kind of like a few more waypoints now, which is not something that at one point I felt like I would have said, you know, get get that kind of stuff out of the screen, free it up and let me make my own sort of mistakes. But sometimes it doesn't hurt to be guided in the right direction. So I use it quite a lot in Dead Space, personally. Um, I, uh, I, I didn't use the map at all no? in that game because it reminded me of, I don't know... A lot of people love the map system in Doom, the new Doom, hmm. but yeah. I do not like 3D maps. They discombobulate my mind, and I cannot, <laughs> I cannot focus on them. Like, so I am so happy they had, <laughs> they had that waypoint system. Yes, I am, I, like, okay. I am heavily inclined to agree. I, I do really like the design of the map, but yeah, I, I did rarely use it. I just kind of looked at it as kind of, I don't know, it just kind of looked Metroid-y to me and how <laughs> yeah, cool it bet. looked. But, yeah. but besides, the, besides that, no, I didn't need to use it that much. No, the only time you use it is when, you, when you step in an elevator and you can't see which way the uh, <laughs> the line that you're using is meant to go. So you're like, okay, let's see if I'm going up or down. Let's <laughs> say so, I, I do. I think it's great now because younger Steve would like, you know, I don't need a waypoint system. Bleh! You know, who needs this? Modern day Steve, who has lots and lots of busy things to do and adult things to do, is like, oh right, I press the right stick and it tells me where idiot man has to go. <laughs> exactly like, right. Cool. And as for the map, I like the first time I see it, and I still now it's like it's like Metroid Prime. Uh, yeah, yeah. I miss Metroid Prime. Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry. Yeah, this just... game, this game does have some Metroid in it, definitely. Um, it's got way less in terms of getting lost. What I and I wouldn't say that Metroid Prime is guilty of um, being needlessly big or anything remotely like that. In fact, maybe that's something it does have in common with this. Is that there's no like wasted 
moment, really. There's no wasted area. I feel like Dead Space, even though this time when I played it through, obviously it's the second time in you know less than two years, I got through it in something like seven hours. Um, mm. But the game felt appropriately sized. You know, areas felt big because I'd gone to somewhere and then come back and unlocked the next area because of the backtracking and, and that kind of thing. But nothing felt needlessly big. There wasn't any corridors that were served no purpose that was just like milling around getting from A to B and taking longer. Every room served a purpose, um, which is, yeah, I just thought the level design generally, to sum up, is superb. Um, especially when you get to some of the later missions, like the final mission, um, we are going to get into spoilers, obviously, um, is when you're moving the marker around. That was a nice way to shake up the last mission where you've got to put it on the, the, the thing and, and stasis it around. I was like, oh, this, this is cool. Makes mm -hmm. this whole part of the game a little bit different as well. Um, aside from the fact you're in a completely new environment as well. Um, but overall, yeah, I was just really happy with the level design. Playing it back, that was the thing that struck me the most, I think, was just, just how well laid out the ship is. Um, how do people feel about the locations in the game? In fact, while we're on that, uh, on that subject, Steve, how do you feel about the Ishimura? The Ishimura in itself, I think it's a fantastic location. I The journey through it, like, uh, narratively speaking, which I'm sure we'll get into later, yeah, but the actual location itself, amazing. Like, And the fact that you go through it at different stages of, shall we say, the corruption, the the infestation, I don't know what you'd call a necromorph mm. outbreak. Um, you know, the fact that you get to see stages of it as it progresses as well, like, you'll go to the med medical deck early, and then you go to it later, and it's now completely destroyed. I mean, you don't see anyone alive either way. But the fact that you see they're still infesting the ship, they're still taking more and more of it for themselves. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff's amazing. The, the actual world building in itself, I mean, one of the criticisms of Resident Evil 2 and 3's remake is that the background stuff normally is blurry text, right, that we can't read. Generally. Right. Yeah. In Dead Space, it's always normally a legible sign that will have some kind of world building or some kind of information. Like above every door, there is a thing saying what this room is likely mm. to be, unless it's broken. Uh, that kind of stuff is like amazing. Like, I cannot fathom how people would actually get around on this thing without the tram system. But the the, lo the locations themselves all feel like lived in and designed with that kind of purpose. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like the um, the zero g trauma room. As you make your way through it, there's like a body in a hovering tank, and you have to move this tank to get around the room and stuff. I mean, it blows my mind that they they put a lot of heart and soul into designing this ship. And then let aliens run all over it. <laughs> <laughs> James, how do you feel about the level design? Yeah, uh, I, I was actually, I think Steve was in the chat when I was just enjoying all the detail that they've mm. put into the walls. Like, even like newer games um, where what you're looking at from an out, like from a, a, a maximized magnification, it looks really great. When you get closer to it, it looks kind of pants. But in Dead Space, um, everything was clearly visible. Like, the writing, everything was clearly visible. You could see it. Unless it was something very, very small, but even then you could kind of make it out. Um, like, name tags and things. It was incredible uh, that they put that amount. But that's the small thing. So when it comes to the level design, um, I did like the level design, uh, but there was quite a bit of backtracking I had to do because of I was always running out of ammo. So, because I'm terrible at aiming. So, I would often have to go back and backtrack. Um, and the place is huge, and you got a scale of that. Like, it's 
you, you're told this ship is a planet cracker. It can, you know, it can wreck entire celestial bodies. And you got that feeling going through the place. Um, I do feel like a, some kind of fast travel or waypoint system where you could, I mean, it had a tram system where you could go between different locations would have been nice. But at the same time, to like, argue against that, the game's obviously, with its UI and everything, the game is obviously trying to keep you immersed in the mm. game. Right, so if you bring that into it, it may break that immersion, um, which I'm sure they went over because around that time was when fast travel was like in high, like, uh, like people were disputing it a lot. They were like, should we, shouldn't we? Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm kind of happy they didn't, but at the same time, I really wish I didn't have to spend 10 minutes going backwards <laughs> and forwards getting all the loot. Um, so when it comes to the rooms, yeah, every you said at the beginning, every room felt like it had a um, had a use to it. I never felt like um, there were what I call dud rooms or duff rooms where mm. they were just there for no reason. Um, also, Ke Kendra and Hammond, um, they were always talking to you. They're always talking you through what every room was, or there'll be something that would talk to you about what is what was happening in this room, why this is here. Or if they didn't talk to you, there would be some kind of law somewhere in the room yeah. that would explain what it is, um, which is great. You could see, as Steve said earlier, you could see how much love they put into designing the entire ship. Um, and it really did feel like I was on like a capital class starship. You know, it, it was awesome to, to travel through. Awesome. And uh, Jordan, how do you feel about the overall level design in Dead Space? Well, I think uh, I, I think they did very good with, with, with what they had, what they were kind of laying out as uh, a setting. I think they did a great job in adding enough variety. It obviously it, it cannot go without being noticed that obviously just about every aspect of this game gets compared to Resident Evil Four, and Resident Evil Four was. Um, a very diverse game when mm. it came to settings um, in that wonderful way that Resident Ge Evil games are in which they take you to one setting and then somehow they invent several other settings within that that you never expected to find in a small Spanish village. Um, <laughs> now with Dead Space, obviously it's it's completely anchored uh, to uh, largely um, to the Ishimura, which uh, by the way is just, uh, you know, I, I love the external design of the Ishimura. Um, it's a, it's a wonderful looking ship and uh you know very clearly uh you know a mining vessel um it's it's purpose designed for that and and so the interiors kind of tell that story um you are in an industrial environment throughout most of the game um and obviously that limits the game to some extent in terms of its variety it can you can obviously only have so many med bays, obviously only have so many decontamination areas um, and you know so many external sort of mining sites. But I think it does well to kind of measure it. That I mean, the game is not overbearing. It's not very. It, it's not too long, um, and I, I never found myself stuck in a place for too long. Maybe I got lost a couple times, but I thought that the levels themselves were uh, compact enough. Uh, that they kind of told their story and and didn't linger too much. Um, as far as the the, the tram system, I, th I thought it was a good way of being able to kind of 
bookend each chapter mm. and the areas themselves. Um, although I do, I do think that because of the the nature of it not necessarily being an all entirely interconnected um, ship, that you do sometimes feel a little bit disconnected when you f- go from one place to another. You don't necessarily know exactly where you are on the ship unless you are pulling out that map and having a look. Uh, not that important. Um, you know, if, if if it had managed to do that, it would have been getting, you know, like total gold stars, perfect game for me and all of that kind of stuff. But that is like nitpicking because mm-hmm. because what it does show, um, you know, is very effective. Uh, this is, uh, uh, you know, a, an industrial place that is obviously, as we've seen in so many kind of sci-fi horror films, um, has, you know, completely fallen into despair um and and given it is it is a game that you know can range between about you know seven to twelve hours i'd say on on average Mm -hmm. you're spending more time in that environment than you would spend with most most movies like you know aliens for example or something like that and so considering it is working with the same kind of environment same kind of limitations but with more time um it, it very rarely um felt samey um it, it still had enough going in 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 terms of variety that i was quite surprised that it, it managed to because it could well have just been you know 400 hallways that look exactly the same and it was not that there's right. there's yeah. been a lot of very good uh curated decoration to each room to be able to kind of tell a story i'm sure we will get into it the the lore in this game is probably stronger than the story itself and and sells you on a lot more about what's been going on mm. on the Ishimura and the surrounding areas. Um, and a large part of that is owed to the level design and, and the successes made there. And now, reading the text log orders from Dead Space, Alina Webster from Blossom Possum Cosplay, who you can find on Instagram and Facebook. Eyes only. Priority, black. From... Chief of Staff, Earth Defense. Attention, Commander Cadogan, F. Operation White Light. Theater, Aegis System, Planet Pending. Objective, Deep Cleanse. CEC vessel, USG Ishimura, in breach of government order. They are believed to have recovered Marker 3A. Special Ops has confirmed the system, but has been unable to provide the planet's location. Special Ops advises caution. If Marker 3A has been recovered, infection by a lethal organism is a credible threat. Shock point to Aegis system. Move to position out of local scope range and await signal from Ishimura to confirm location. Before we get on to the story, there's one sort of like last collection of gameplay things that I definitely want to talk about. Um, and you talked about how, you know, it's an industrial ship and stuff and it... It's good that it mixes up. It would be very easy to fall into um, a lot of redundant and obvious reused stuff if you've got like an industrial setting. I think it's quite a hard thing to work with potentially with, you know, not making it sort of drab and repetitive. So I did a really good job, which also kind of says the same for the gameplay in the sense that, and I made note of this, in the first 45 minutes... Not only has Dead Space shown you what it does with its combat, with complete conviction, like you said earlier, total confidence in its own um, basic core of its gameplay, it then throws at you vacuum, zero-g, stasis, 
kinetic modules that like in the first 45 minutes you get a great idea of the basics of the game and then it gives you all this stuff to play with as well on top of it um which is a yeah this joyful mix of stuff to you for you to mess around with where you can play with the physics by moving things around freezing yeah. enemies or to solve puzzles similar thing moments where you will be flipping around gravity in different ways and stuff like that um and yet sacrifices none of the sort of like horror atmosphere with it it's so bizarre that the gameplay is so joyfully fun and the atmosphere is so horribly butt clenching it's bizarre um yeah but yeah it's, it's got all these little extra pieces we should probably talk about so um steve and i actually oh. forgot um sorry go ahead, <laughs> to go ahead. jump in on that point i actually forgot that uh the zero g section kind of came in so early mm. but you know as you say there's a there's a confidence there to be able to show it without it necessarily kind of being sort of trodden out i mean to to make a comparison to um a game that i believe visceral then worked on straight after this um i could i could be wrong about that but it was a game i was i was very hyped for and unfortunately quite disappointed by was dante's inferno which is a, a god of war clone um that game has plenty of things to show off in the first, say, I'd say third. Uh, but unfortunately, it kind of falls flat on its mm -hmm. ideas, and a lot of those get kind of repeated in a way. Um, that was a very um, deliberate and sort of, you know, present uh, example of sort of running out of the ideas and not necessarily placing them together in a, in a sensible manner. Dead Space does it in a way that is very sensible and, and is you know, continues to be entertaining, despite the fact that, as you say, you're acclimatized to all of these features, which which almost should be sort of addressing in other games, almost kind of just a little bit of a bonus um, that's kind of thrown in to kind of woo you when you're kind of getting halfway through the game, but it kind of it treats them as uh, legitimate um, functions yeah. needed to progress throughout the game. And um, yeah, it's great. I mean, like there is a surprising amount of variety and then it seems kind of jarring. I, I, I found like things like, you know, like the, um, uh, the asteroid shooting, it that never kind of like stood out as too gimmicky. Obviously it's quite brief, but all of these extra functions felt purposeful and uh, it's, yeah, it was, it was, it was a very successful design. I think you you called out the one bit that well I agree it doesn't feel gimmicky or anything like that um, I just don't enjoy the <laughs> the asteroid smashing part <laughs> That's fair just, didn't, just didn't get on with it all um, was happy that it was over but <laughs> um, but you're right it doesn't it doesn't detract from it overall uh, yeah Steve what do you feel about all these extra gameplay elements thrown in uh, the more spacey elements that separate it from Resident Evil Four phenomenal well for the most part the zero G it's great when you're not jumping. Right, the, the jumping is kind of... Right, you're, you're just moving from one vertical surface to another. But the actual... When you're in those environments, the way he moves, the actual sound of the atmosphere in space, love it. Like, the, you can just feel like it's just the vibrations of your gun. That's all you're hearing. You can't... You can barely hear a damn thing. It's so convincing. It's like, mm, mwah, mwah, fantastic. <laughs> right, stasis is just like bullet time. But you can fire the bullets at people to slow them down, and then you can just slowly take your time, like Bob Ross, artisanally, putting them apart, <laughs> making a happy little leg there, happy little arm there, and it gets the job done, you know? Uh, Kinesis is just, let's, let's take the grappling gun from Half-Life, but it's, it's kind of rubbish. Like, I use it to move things. Mm. It's improved upon in the sequel. In this one, it's kind of like you just you move things with it. Yeah, it's a puzzle solver more than an actual... It's not yeah. a combat thing at all, is 
Stasis has applications outside of puzzles, but in, in this one, you can mm. you can throw objects at necromorphs. I guess so. Yeah. It's it's likely to aggravate them and do nothing else. Like, what's the point? Just blast them. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm sad now. It's strange because I've obviously I've played the full series at this point. Well, mm. except for the the little puzzle game with it. But and uh, yeah. That is probably the uh, the weakest carryover from the later games. Like obviously, you haven't gone into it, but Kinesis gets so much better. It becomes so much more useful. Oh. And as a result of me tasting the forbidden fruit of the sequels, I'm kind of like, this is... mm. uh... yeah, I can imagine. Well, I guess I'll, I'll find out at some point if we do cover them. Um, James, how do you feel about all these little uh, these extra bells and whistles for the gameplay? <laughs> so Steve was yelling at me in the chat a lot um, when I was playing. D- Dead Space because I was never using any superpowers <laughs> that Isaac had. Um, because I don't like uh, having a resource that I don't. I have no idea when I'll get it back. Um, so Stasis I hardly ever used. Mm. Um, and then kind of my point was proven when I got to the end of the game where I had an empty Stasis tank for probably about two hours of the game. <laughs> because all I was doing was running away from everything. I was like, ah, 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 ah. You know, I was just, I was just running and running, and yeah, it was. Uh, so, yeah, I do like the stasis. And I like the idea about it. Um, but I feel like if you played the game before, then it might be, and you, you play it a lot, then stasis may be something you could uh, invest in more. And also, at the beginning of the game, stasis is very good because you have stasis. Uh, like little terminals, like every other room. Mm. Um, but when you get to middle to late game, they just disappear. They're, they're, <laughs> I don't know where they go. So you have to stock up on stasis um, batteries or whatever they are, yeah. right? And you have to go into your inventory to use them. And you know, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to my inventory while I have three spiky boys running at me. Right, and I, yeah, I, I'm not that fast. Steve's super fast on the controllers. I can't do that um, at all. Uh, Kinesis, I actually use way more though, because uh, it doesn't have a resource, and I just wanted to use it all the time because I like to Professor Xavier everything. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I used. If I seen a flammable container, I used it. If I seen that there was a box, I used it for stunning. If I seen anything, I would just want to blast it aside. But there was a certain point in the game where. They de- they want you to run and they want you to keep running, all right. And your getaway is basically blocked by a bunch of boxes while you're being chased by all these necromorphs. And yeah, I panicked and I kept on just throwing the boxes in my way, tripping myself up. Poor Isaac, <laughs> I I just. <laughs> but the kine- the kinesis even I know Steve's got a problem with it, but the kinesis is actually my favorite part because. I like to throw things about, and I just wish there was a little bit... I know it's an old game now, so we'll never get anything like that, but I wish there was a little bit more resources for stasis towards mm. the end. Well, um, not, not to spoil it. Not to spoil it. Dead Space 2, praise be, they do fix that. Hey, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, because it's... Like, I've re- like yeah, as Steve said, stasis makes fights trivial. Like, it's just... You, you cast it... So I get there being... It being a rare commodity, yeah. Um, but like going from having it constantly to then just having it not at all. I'm glad I didn't uh, invest too much into the stasis node system. Um, I just went for pure damage and blast, blast, boom, boom, Fair all enough. the time. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least it presents sort of like the opportunity to use at your own discretion. That that, that that's good because I I use Stasis more on my second run, funnily enough, since it was mentioned um, than the first one. I wonder if that's more because I was a little bit underpowered, so to speak, because I only had the cutter at my disposal. So when there was a lot to deal with, um, mm. it was it was pretty helpful. Um, it's great for devising tactics. Yeah, um, it, it gives you an extra moment. Would... Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I would say because if you you know if you're dealing with especially if you're in one of the large room um, combat situations um, and you you know the ones you know as soon as you enter that room right mm -hmm. this is going to shut off and I'm going to be surrounded in those instances you want to use your stasis so that you can actually sort of line up quite a few enemies and then sort of devastate them all in one go effectively or if you're just looking at a particular enemy that you're just saying I don't have time for you right now I need to kind of <laughs> put you on pause while I get to another vantage point. Um, I do think it works really well in that way. But now I'm excited uh, for trying it out in Dead Space 2 um, because, uh, no, I'm not familiar with Dead Space 2. And uh, honestly, if the stasis is you know just okay in the first game and it's, it, it does improve, I'm excited about that. Because I, I like the stasis anyway. It was not something I always used, but when I did use it, it, it found its purpose quite well. Nice. Well, let's move to story for a little while. Um, this one's going to be an interesting one. Um, it's immediately uh, a bit of a mishmash of sci-fi horror tropes. It does have its own universe and its own ideas and stuff thrown in. We talked about it being, I think Jordan, you said it, it might be the case that the lore is better than the story, um, mm. which is definitely an interesting way to put it. And it's hard to disagree with that, I think. Um, you know, I don't have too many problems with the story a lot of it was like well you know it's it's what you'd expect a little bit um <laughs> the little like the little the little flood especially i was like man this is just this is kind of just like the flood from halo to me but that's just my personal experience um but how do we all feel about the story i'll touch back on it afterwards but um steve how did you feel about the the, the story and the plot of dead space I think I'm in Jordan's camp. The the law, the world itself, is more compelling than the actual plot. But then again, considering this is space RE4, and in <laughs> RE4 you had to go save the president's daughter, I can forgive it. Mm. Like even if Kendra is wearing the "I am obviously the traitor" hat for the entire <laughs> game, like oh, I, I can't get hold of Hammond for some reason. Oh, I don't trust Hammond. Hammond at no point shows any signs of being anything but on the level, and even. I'm pretty sure he thinks Nicole's dead, but still, like, yeah, we'll see if we can find her, pal. You know? Uh, what? <laughs> um, uh, the, the actual ship itself, though, the, the people and the, the, their stories, mm -hmm. I, I find interesting, and the actual world itself, like the whole unitology cult, and the fact that the whole reason they're even here is flipping, that they're illegally mining, and then they find something that is meant to be, like, secret and alien, and then they go, we're going to try and sneak this out. It's, it's, it's all a ruse. And then it turns out your ship being sent in is sort of being double bluffed as a ruse so Kendrick can get the military in and they completely snuff it up. That stuff's cool. But mm -hmm. Isaac being, I am a mute man looking for my girlfriend and I will not say a damn word or even like, you know, emote until I'm told she is dead at the end of the game. Kind of crap. Yeah, it does take away a yeah. bit from that uh, that moment like, at the end, isn't it? And, and and to be fair, like who didn't see that? coming you know they they, they drop yeah. it all throughout the game that you know people are going crazy and seeing hallucinations even kendra is saying that she's seeing her brother and stuff um 
So when you start bumping into Isaac's girlfriend, it's like, well, I can see where this is going from about a hundred miles off. I mean, it's it's on the nose when the, the the second time you meet her, the all the consoles are like covered in alien glyphs, <laughs> and the, the room is screaming, "This is hallucination. Do not trust her, Isaac." And you, you as a player, have to go. Which is strange because it's like there's only like I think two files, maybe one file of Nicole herself, the character, the, the living character, mm. right? And she seems like an interesting-ish character, as like the, the chief medical officer trying to keep stuff under control. So if if she had been alive, she could have been used better as I'm going to operate this console, and then I'm going to be weird and go make us whole again. <laughs> <laughs> I. Oh. Uh, James, uh, how did you feel about the story of Dead Space? Okay, uh, I've got some things to say about <laughs> the unitology side of it and okay. the whole. Right, so there is. I'm gonna um, for the first time in a while. I, I'm gonna reference Alien here, the comics. <laughs> um, so there is an organization called the Church of Immaculate Incubation that is in the early '90s comics of. Um, of Alien, and it's pretty much bang on what happens in Dead Space. As I was playing it, I was like, oh, I'm just playing the, the comic, and this is really cool, like of mm -hmm. Alien. Um, it's like there's like there's this leader called Savage who, like, he, he he's like seen as the true messiah. He sees these things as perfection, just like Mercer seen the Necromorphs as kind of the new thing, you know, and it's the new, the new be all end all, like uh, uh, um, godly kind of entity, and it was uh, it was really interesting. And then, like, I got to thinking, I was like, okay, which means if they took that inspiration, I mean, it's not a new, it's not a new um, trope, but if they took the inspiration, then there also needs to be a big. Uh, we know it by the end, but there needs to be a big corporation, mm -hmm. and the alien corporation was by a national corporation. Um, who bought Wayland Jutani or bought out Wayland Jutani, right? So I want to know about this other organization. I don't know if it happens in the. I, I can't. I I don't know if even if I even played Dead Space Two. Um, I think I did, and I played a little bit of Dead Space Three. So I don't, it's gonna be it's gonna be fresh when I play it. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if there, I want to know more about this corporation. If there is. Um, but yeah, that side of it, I really liked. It mm. was cool to see the little videos pop up and give you... Because um, in my mind, I was just swapping the Necromorphs in those little videos with Xenomorphs. And I was like, this is so cool! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... Yeah, because like the, the Church of the Church of Immaculate Incubation, they would literally uh, drug people uh, with queen jelly, and they would uh, basically, they had this uh, alien queen, Bionational had this alien queen, and she would uh, put the eggs out. And while these people are drugged, kind of like in Aliens Resurrection, in that little room where there, there's a semicircle room with eggs, um, and they're all asleep, it's kind of very similar. And then they get impregnated, and then, yeah. So it's kind of very similar to this game, where you see as you go through the levels, you see the amount of experimentation that's happening and people being just put under. And then you even, I mean, you see it live as well. You see people just being impregnated and kind of, I, right, I mean, I'm yeah. not sure what those bat things do that crawl on the ground, but they just kind of put those things into their heads and yeah, turn them into what I called goopy spiky boys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, 
it that part of it was super cool to me. But yeah, I agree with Steve. <sighs> Isaac, just show some emotion. Something. <laughs> You're chasing your girlfriend. I want to hear you. I want to hear that emotion from you. I know you're mentally unsound. I know you're chasing. You hear it from Hammond. You know, you hear how important it is. Because you're hearing how this is another kind of emotion breaking thing. You hear how important it is to Isaac through Hammond. Mm. You don't hear how important it is to Isaac. And I think that's a little bit immersion breaking. Um, I think by about court way through the <laughs> through the game, I would hear things about Nicole and I'd just say, she doesn't exist. Man. It, she, she, I'm like his little conscience. I was going, she doesn't exist, man. She's not there. Don't worry about it. Let's just try and get off this ship. <laughs> you know, and don't worry about it, man. It's fine. We'll get through this. And then he's still just, you know, grunting through and hitting stuff and growling more. Right? And I just, <laughs> I just, I just wanted some emotion from him. And even at the end, um, you, there's that kind of cheap jump scare mm. um, that I was fully expecting uh, <laughs> when it happened. Still, you see him. He looks. He sees his girlfriend, a video of his girlfriend, wife, or future fiance. Um, and he sees a video and he just turns her off and mm. there is no expression on his face. Mm. I'm like, you just gone through this entire game trying to chase Nicole. You learn that she's dead. Okay. That's awful. She killed herself. Spoilers. But, um, like it, it didn't feel right. There yeah. was no connection. Like Isaac didn't feel connected to the main story of the game. If she, he felt a little bit shoehorned in. There's definitely um, a line there. Whereas like all the interesting stuff on the ship happens, and then also there's Isaac's story on the other side. <laughs> That's how I felt about it. He gets the sound around yeah, no, moment at the end where he takes the helmet off, like you say, and you can see his face. And he just his, his face, like his expression, is just the emoji with the straight line mouth. That is, <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It really, really is. That's basically um, what it is. But yeah, conclusion is I love the I love the harken back to if it was the um the Church of Immaculate Consent Incubation, sorry, <laughs> and uh, that whole thing. I love that connection. I love Mercer, he was crazy. I loved all the crazy people. They mm. was they were super good crazy people. Whoever voice acted those, uh, bravo, because I really got the the sense that they were completely bonkers and had been infected in some way or manipulated. And yeah, uh yeah, yeah, but I wanted the, the, to. The, but Isaac, no. no. <laughs> yeah, I think the cast is generally well executed, um, and it makes sense that they have all these different reactions to the situation, like the religious zealots that you're saying, scientists trying to repent for it that you get to meet and try and make up for his mistake, government corruption and control. It's got all those nice elements, and the cast. I do want to do a special shout out. Uh, are are really stellar in this. Uh, Naveed Negoban, I think that's how you pronounce his name, was in Homeland, later went on to be in Homeland as a key role. He's in the most recent version of Aladdin as well. He played Mercer. Um, The guy that played Hammond is Peter Mensah. He was in Avatar, and he's the messenger guy in 300 that gets kicked off the, uh, into the hole at the beginning. And the one that got me instantly, um, since playing Death Place the first time, and then subsequently becoming a Trekkie in the meantime, and going back, uh, Benjamin Matthias, played by J.G. Hertzler, as soon as he started speaking, I was like, oh my god, it's Martok, the Klingon yeah. from Dead Space Nine. Someone mentioned it. And he's 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 in a lot of stuff, as it turns out, but as soon as he started talking, I was like, oh, it's Martok. <laughs> well, that made me happy. Um, Jordan, why don't you uh, wrap us up on the story segment here? How did you feel about Dead Space's plot? 
Well, first of all, um, to kind of sort of almost start from from the end, I just want to kind of make a, a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a defense for the ending, um, <laughs> at least from sort of my memory and, and and kind of the impression it left with me. Because while my memory not, might not be as accurate, I do still remember how I feel about it. Um, uh, okay, maybe maybe Isaac had a bit of a blank expression and. And, and didn't have enough of the uh, acting, you know, grit to really <laughs> convey that. But honestly, I kind of, I, I felt for the sort of the first time in the game that like, it's going to sound so stupid after you all like just, <laughs> just flank this guy for his expression. It was the first time I felt properly connected to Isaac and that we're both absolutely exhausted from this whole ordeal. And we're kind of glad that we've, we've got through it. Um, but I understand, you know, part mm -hmm. of that's down to my... <laughs> My memory of 2008 animation. So you're, 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 you're valid for that. Like that's <laughs> I can see. like I mean you're you're talking to the guy that uh, defended uh, Resident Evil Zero, Rebecca Chambers. Like <laughs> like a lot of people do not like if I have a, I have a full yeah. defense for that. So I, I you're valid in, in saying that. But but I I, <laughs> I do think that perhaps I I probably just I put more of my myself into the game at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean obviously. To, to call Isaac a silent protagonist is not exactly accurate. I mean, you know, he grunts more He's than a loud 40 hours. Silent protagonist. <laughs> he grunts more than an empty arena wrestling match. So. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but I, I, I would offer a sort of a counter argument to uh, how I feel a character like that should be handled in a game like this. Um, I'll get back to that in just a moment because I'll, I'll touch on the story, but I will touch on the story very briefly because in all years since playing Dead Space for the first time, the game has very well stuck with me. Uh, the story has not, but the lore has. Like I still remember a lot of aspects of, of the lore and exactly how, you know, how the Ishimura sort of fell apart. It, now, I did watch Dead Space Downfall when it came out. Uh, oh, the, I'm so sorry. The, the tie-in anime. <laughs> I liked it. It was, really? it was yeah, it was oh. perfectly it was perfectly fine. It, it, it like I say, it was more serviceable than uh, than the story itself because it kind of built up a lot. And um, no, I I in enjoyed it. I, I feel ju so judged right now. But anyway, no, <laughs> no, no, no. You like if you like Sam it, Crowley. that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so so anyway, um, I I I would say that uh, the the lore does so much to um, deliver the story that you you could almost play the game you know without any of the sort of periphery characters um mm. even without Isaac's uh you know love interest you 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 didn't necessarily kind of need that to um progress the game um to some manner you you only really needed uh to know that you were answering a distress call and you are a frankly under equipped uh engineer being thrown into um, the horror of a lifetime. So, I, I mean, I, I kind of, I look at games like Half-Life 2 as being so incredibly successful um, with the silent protagonist in a manner that really kind of connects you um, with the character. Uh, and I, I think the main reason how Isaac, who I would classify as a silent protagonist, is not as successful as Gordon Freeman is largely to do with um, the environment around him 
the people around him and where he's instructed to go. Um, in Half-Life 2, they keep it very, uh, very straightforward. It's about it's about helping the people around you, um, and, and you are immediately from a position um, of kind of breaking out against the uh, against the authority. Um, so it keeps it very simple in that manner. Dead Space is a lot of gophers. It's it's a lot of kind of you need to go to this place, you need to go do this and do whatever, and you do end up feeling like a tool, but not in a very kind of, um, not in a very kind of em- emphatic way. It, it's just more kind of well, this this game is really just kind of pushing me to go to the next stage, but it's not necessarily kind of giving me a lot of weight for for going there. It's it's kind of like a wonder that it's still such a, a thrilling game as it is, because otherwise I didn't really find that the characters were that particularly interesting in what they were kind of conveying for um, the rest of the game in terms of what you needed to do. And uh, thankfully, the environment um, does help a lot in that respect. I mean, the whole aspect of... Uh, do, do we know if it's Isaac's girlfriend or wife or fiance? I believe it's girlfriend slash fiance. Okay, um, thank you. Uh, so the thing, the thing is, obviously, you know, from the very beginning and, and in the trailers as well, um, it was sort of kind of set up. You need to go. You need to go find her. It's not just that you are answering a distress call on a ship, because apparently that's not a, a big enough interest point. <laughs> hmm. It has to be that. You know somebody on that ship to to go save, and so okay, fair enough. But um, my problem with that usually is that uh, this is a character that is personal to the protagonist, but not to the player. Um, and so there's actually not really any kind of push for us to, you know, kind of risk ourselves to kind of go find this person um, if we don't have that kind of emotional weight to them. Resident Evil Seven um, manages this in a much better way in that it fakes out in the very first act um, that you are successful in in actually trying to find the person that you're looking for and then takes them away from you. Mm. Um, and then you, as the player, get first-hand experience of knowing somebody in the game, that, per- that person being taken away, and, and you having the responsibility to try and find them again. And uh, so that's where, that's where Dead Space falls, falls flat in that respect. So... If I was to make a case for Isaac, while while most of the game doesn't really kind of uh, permit to this, because I, you know otherwise I just think the sort of the directions for missions are you know not as um, not as creative. Uh, as far as far as Isaac's character, I didn't need him to say anything um, because frankly I was sitting there saying all the things anyway, saying mm-hmm. how much I hated all the different monsters and especially all those little <laughs> those little spiky blobby things that kind of crawl across the floor like you know i i was so happy um once i kind of got rid of the marker and it was like right i've done it i've i've got rid of this evil that has kind of swept through the ship um so so in in my in my opinion uh it would be a sort of a less is more kind of uh aspect but mm. i wouldn't necessarily know how you could necessarily fix that uh because everything's sort of entwined with the game but needless to say that that space has all that potential for a great world um it just didn't necessarily have the story direction in the core uh really working for it yeah i think i would agree with that to be fair and it's good to hear uh different opinions like to be fair it's good to hear that 
he was a successful silent protagonist, if you like. Some people, if not for others. And now, reading the text log Corruption from Dead Space, Gosian's Games, who you can find on YouTube at Gosian's Games. Chem Lab Report from Professor Jaegerwald Heinrich. Attention, Dr. Cross Elizabeth. Elizabeth, no doubt you're aware of the organic growth found in some parts of the ship. I've been examining the substance and thought the results would interest you. The cells most clearly resemble bacteria with viral behavior. Like bacteria, the organism infects other cells through osmosis, then mutates and reproduces agamogenetically. What's amazing is the speed at which it grows. A single bacterium reproduces 20-fold in just one minute. I've never seen anything like it. I won't stake my reputation on it, but I think this may be a genuine alien life form. Professor Hawley theorizes that it's a habitat transformer. The levels of gaseous output are tremendous, which is why it smells so bad. But to what end, we simply don't know. I'll keep you posted. Heinrich. Audio is a big, 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 big thing for this game. Uh, mostly because I say that because it won lots of awards for it. I mean, the game won plenty of awards in general action game of the year and stuff like that. Um, but it won a lot of awards for music composition and sound design and that kind of thing. And the game is what 2008, so it's over a decade old. It still holds up. Sound design is one of the strongest parts of the game, I think. Um, so let's talk about aesthetic in general. Um, James, what did you think of the way the game looks and sounds? Uh, right, yeah. So when I first started streaming this game and playing it, um, immediately people would mention um, how great, and even myself, mentioned how great the game looks for a 2008 game. Mm, definitely. Well. Um, also, I didn't do anything. I had the bog standard Dead Space. I didn't do anything to it, and we were running at like 120 FPS, and it looked beautiful. Mm -hmm. uh, it looked really, really good. Um, yeah, so not, not much more I could say really about the aesthetics because the game it just speaks for itself when you play it. Like it, it just it's so so pretty, and the dis the dismemberments and everything they look gross, and they're meant to, and even the I think the first time I seen that the bat thing, um, it was behind that windowed room, um, kind of attack that man and then turn into the 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 goopy spiky boy. Um, it really grossed me out. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's disgusting!" And that that's that was from a two thousand eight game, and it still gets me now in twenty twenty. That's a testament right there. That's that's awesome right, that they've they've managed to keep that. Um, and I can't, I can't actually wait to see how good Dead Space 2 and, to a certain extent, Dead Space 3 is, even though I know it's kind of a black sheep, but how good they look. Um, yeah. Do you, how, how, how long between the, the releases were they? Was it a couple of years? <coughs> it was like two years for Dead Space yeah. 2, right? Okay. So, I mean, that's a lot of time, especially with a company so devout as Visceral to improve how their game looks. Um, the sound design, though... Uh, I have, I have a love hate with it because 
sometimes like I I get why it won awards. They did tremendous work. Like I felt like I was in I was in a horror movie with uh, you would spot something and the violins would start, but then if you turned away, the violins would stop, but they'd still be in the background. They'd still be there. You know, and it's like, and then as soon as you turn and you see the thing again, violins erupt and like baseline comes in and you're like, oh crap, you know, that's that's crazy. Ah, I need to run, you know, but you can't because you've got to fight and yeah, the, the, the music's fantastic for that. But I also felt like they went a little bit too overboard with some, I remember coming up a lift and I could hear screaming, <laughs> really, really loud screaming and grinding. Right, and I was like, "Oh no, I don't want to go around this corner." And it's just an engine room. It was just an engine room, <laughs> just whistles from the steam going off and everything. And I was like, "Oh, okay, right." And I know the game was trying to do that. It's just that that happens quite a bit in the game, mm. where I will hear a sound of a whistle or something pop off. And normally, I like that, but I think it was done a little bit too much in the game. It mm. was taking me out a little bit too much because by the by the end of the game, I just didn't. I was listening for the violins. I wasn't listening to anything else. Um, but it's it's not to take away from the fantastic sound design um, as well. Like the the music, the score was great. the The monster sounds were great um, and disgusting, and that's how they should be. Mm. Uh, and the environment sounds and everything were great. And of course, Isaac sounded great. From you know all his grunts and his growls, he sounded fantastic. You know he's really put everything into that. You could tell. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and that's all I have to say on it. Like it's it is a really good game, but just a little bit less greamy engines. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I actually agree with that to to a degree. Um, I know that the idea of it going from broad strokes of quiet stuff to suddenly being loud as bums was intentional. It's meant to make you really uncomfortable and panic. It's a great idea and it works most of the time. But there's the occasional moment where it's like, this is this is just annoying, this one. <laughs> yeah. things, I just don't, I, I get it. I understand the philosophy, but those things that are just, like stuck to the wall that just scream at you, just irritate <laughs> me. Um, in terms of the way the game looked, I actually just Googled it now just to double check to make sure I'm not missing something here. Um, and someone correct me if they know better. I played that Xbox 360 version. I bought the physical copy, um, popped it in my standard Xbox One, not, not a One X. Um, I don't think it does any kind of upscaling other than just to fit it to the TV. It doesn't, you know, it's, there's an update to download, but it's just to get it to run. I don't think it makes it look any shinier. If that's the case, this game looks incredible for 12 years old. Um, I think it irons out some of the screen tearing, and that might be... Right. Even even if that's the case, uh, it looks amazing, uh, even still. Um, Steve, how do you feel about the audio and the visual design of Dead Space? Very very much a fantastic thing mm -hmm. for the most part although if i see another necromorph that has been hot knocking around for a good two two three seconds in my peripheral view and then center on it and then the violin start and <laughs> then it starts screaming it gets a little old mm. like i i love the fact that every single one of them seems to have their own unique sound effects and it, it's some different variation of you have pulled a human inside out which is how they look yeah yeah right they sound convincing Mm -hmm. um, the actual, like, the, the score, the music, I can't really say. The only one that left any impression is the the lullaby. The, you know, the... Um, oh, it left Chicken that much of an impression, I can't remember the words. Uh, 
Yeah, that's the one. Uh, mm. That. Otherwise, it's kind of like there's orchestral strings. It's building up whenever there's like some kind mm. of big stuff happening. But it's eh. Like the, the environmental sounds, though, and the actual sounds of the monsters and stuff make up for it. Like I know, I, I know you're. I understand you're complaining about the engine, but it is an engine of a giant star cruiser. It' going to be loud, you know. And, and then you've but, got the asteroid it, but gun it, but and it, the it wasn't, space. It wasn't the only like it wasn't the only engine. You'd hear it a lot. I know, that I know. But the point is that like um, you know they they took they've took time and thought about these rooms, much like we talked about the actual like layout and design of these rooms. They try to like what's that term? Is it um, diegetics? Uh, you know, the stuff they, they, they obviously thought about how these rooms are meant to sound in the environment you're in, mm. including when you're wearing the suit. Like, um, for example, when you're out in space and you're in the asteroid gun and all those kind of like bits like that. Zero G. They, they, I don't know how they figured out how these guns are meant to sound when, when you're in a zero oxygen environment, but they clearly thought about it and designed that too. The, the stomping of your boots, the, 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 the actual screeching of like half of the monsters as you hit them. Like, you, did you know? You could, uh, I know we haven't really touched on the melee, but you know when you like repost them or try and swing back at them as they swing at you, and it like it impacts off. It sounds mm. like it just does sound like metal clashing bone really loudly. That kind of level of like detail is scary. Like, they they earned those awards. For yeah, this. for sure. My, yeah, yeah. Um, visually speaking, the lighting. Um, yeah, was. At, you know, as much as the the layout of the items and stuff, and the way the rooms are built, the lighting is so so atmospheric. It like that they, they really, really went to town on the actual design. This is like triple A new survival horror IP at its finest when it came out, and I still think like I think we've already said this. It's like that definitely still holds up today. Yeah, one hundred percent. I agree with what you're saying about the score. Actually, um, the music hasn't left really any impact on me even through two playthroughs but the sound design definitely has um what's probably the most memorable sound for me is the sort of like i don't know it's like some sort of like crunchy sort of weird static noise it's it's in the title screen and stuff and that sound to me is very dead space um mm. yeah but you you guys both mentioned sort of the enemy designs in terms of the way they look and the way they sound and I talked about this, I don't know if it was on Twitter or on Discord or on both or what, but I was talking about sort of lamenting how body horror isn't really a thing in mainstream media anymore. Or, I mean, we never really had it too much, but um, I'm surprised it hasn't come back. This game does body horror so well. Um, like, the enemy designs are awful, and you can see that, you know, at one point there was something else, and they, the faces are all twisted with terror. It's, yeah, it's, it's very striking. Um, I also like that all the enemies look like part of something bigger they all fit together but they all feel like they're part of something else which obviously they are you know the the, the hive mind of the necromorphs and all that stuff uh yeah the visual design is very consistently good and the audio design like exploring the ship and hearing like, the whispers and stuff is yeah that's a that's a big part for the atmosphere jordan how do you feel about the aesthetics well i'd like to uh, continue your point about the body horror because yeah, it is obviously. It's a large part of this is the um, unique nature of the necromorphs. I'm a big fan of John Carpenter's The Thing, mm-hmm. um, which obviously this is very well inspired by. Yeah, Resident Evil Four had it as well, but Resident Evil Four is going for a lot of other different things, whereas this is really focusing in on just how demented and and perverted you can kind of turn um, these these human corpses into nightmarish creatures mm. there's just enough humanity to them left um in their in their features for you to 
be very terrified, uh, especially because obviously so often in the game, uh, r- just regular corpses are being turned as you see them. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> you you get to have that horror. You also end up getting that disposition to um, plasma cut and stomp just about any cor- corpse that you see to try and prevent <laughs> any further enemies being developed later on. Um, it's it's a, it's an interesting point of time, 2008, because uh, for a lot of games of this generation around this period of time, uh, the graphics engines um, were certainly capable of, you know, very pretty games, but a lot of the art design um, could mar that. And, you know, there's, there's plenty of games which we kind of look at now as you know being you know very sort of brown in tone very sort of bland kind of caught too much up in the in the sort of the earthy tones too grounded in reality and grit that uh, it ends up kind of just looking a bit ugly and dead space stands out against all of these is one of those games that kind of comes out of this period looking a whole lot better because it is it has no right to look as vibrant and diverse as it is because it is a game that takes place on a mucky old yeah. mining ship that is filled with enemies that are all flesh tone and you know flesh tone and guts so you could you could probably describe this game on paper in about four colors um and yet the game does not feel like that there's a, there's a lot of um tricks to the design of of the levels to uh, you know really bring out a lot more color so everything kind of stands out you stand out as the character despite the fact that you are you know largely sort of like you know copper tone in your mm. your armor uh, it, it it's a very well designed aesthetic um i mean as, as far as the uh as far as the sound goes uh i think Probably the the sounds that kind of stick with me the most are, frankly, Isaac's grunts. Now that might just be down to me getting swarmed a lot more than you guys, <laughs> but and having to use melee attacks. Um, I, I, at this point in time, I was not uh, using any particularly sophisticated sound system or or headphones, so I feel like part of the um, the successes of the of the sound design were probably a bit lost on me. Because uh, if you're get, if you're hearing this through a standard television, it's probably all going to sound um, like compacted noise um, that obviously has no spatial uh, effect to it, um, and yeah, loses a bit of its nuance. So I can't really talk about that too much, um, but I would say that it was uh, it was it was effective for the most part. I understand that you know when you when you get to your like your your sixth hour of um, violin strings, it. You know, it gets a it gets a bit sort of gnawing because you just know to expect it. Mm. Um, but there's lots of gross sounds. Um, I, I'm sure the Foley team had a lot of fun actually, kind of putting this game together in that respect because they were just given all of these different awful designs um, and said, "Okay, you know, make the squelchiest, yeah. grossest sounds you can think of." Yeah. Um, and I'm particularly sensitive to those kind of sounds. So this game was still pretty gross even just through a regular um stereo speaker on a tv um one other aspect of design i would like to talk about though is is um the design of isaac clark himself um he has one of my favorite character designs um you know in gaming um i think it's it's a wonderful kind of 
understated design because it's not meant to be anything special. He actually kind of stands out to me in the same way that the um, uh, some of the early sort of Demon Souls uh, artwork, um, you know, showing like the sort of the fallen uh, knight, kind of stood out to me. It's kind of iconic despite not being remarkable. Um, you know, Isaac is not designed as a as an overpowered hero. Um, I know, obviously, he doesn't actually appear on the uh, the box art um, technically. Uh, of the game, but obviously in a lot of the pro promotional art, you can see him. He is just an engineer. He, he, you can tell he is in a suit that's not specifically made for him in any kind of manner. It is something that's mass produced, and he really just he epitomizes that idea that you are an everyman that is uh, stuck in a horrible situation where you are underpowered and overwhelmed, um, and you got to you got to fight your way through it. Um, and and all of that is emphasized through a suit that, like I say, is not is not particularly unique, but doesn't fall into generic. I don't know exactly how it manages to do that, but it's always stood out to me as um, a really distinct outfit, despite the fact that there's very little to it. It's 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 very straightforward in its in its themes and in, in the way that they've designed the actual suit, um, but. I really, I really enjoy it. I, I don't think I've ever looked at the other designs in the Dead Space series with as much um, admiration. Mm. Um, but this one, in, this one in particular, I don't know. It just it hit the right notes. You, you really did feel like you were not playing the hero per se. You were just playing somebody who got caught in the in the midst of it. I think it's really interesting what you say about sort of like color choices as well and how he's a part of that same tone he's not designed to stand out yeah her in some sort of like heroic blue you know power armor which is a fair point actually i didn't really think about that too much before i don't know where i stand in terms of the character design um it might be because it's understated that i don't think of it um in the same way but perhaps i should i can see where you're coming from definitely yeah um, can i just chime in on this yeah go I, for I, it. I, I, you know i feel like we haven't talked about isaac's suit it is mm -hmm. like a mundane boiler suit with like metal plates and rib cages, like looking like things on the outside with a health gauge and a like a very basic welder welder helmet with like a glow from outside. It sounds so basic, and yet it's against like shall we say the the uh, shenanigans of like uh, the Mark IV armor of the Spartans or the mm. stuff that like the, the Mass Effect people wear. It's so unique in it's like uh, you know it's almost like following the lo-fi beats of Alien while still being high tech, isn't it? Because it's it's just a boiler suit with bits sewn on, like it's not it's not space armor, it's not soldier yeah. armor. It's very much like Jordan was saying, in tone with the actual ship itself and how that it's it, you know you can tell it's at some point has been state of the art, but at the same time has now outdated by the time that mm. you're in it. Like it, it's it's peculiar. Uh, maybe this is me coming back piggybacking from the sequels and stuff, but the sequels go down a road that basically which like it, it might as well be Mass Effect armor or something like that. It, it loses that charm, which this first game obviously maintains, mm. and it's definitely still his most iconic bodysuit. Uh, I'm glad they keep this. Actually, it, it's the only like hallmark of the older games, like true aesthetic that will stay. But that suit, it, despite being so strangely generic, I think is like a hallmark for the era, really, of like early 2000s gaming. Nice. Is that a big quote? Sorry? No, I wasn't trying to be all epic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's, that's an interesting uh, perspective, definitely. And I do like how, 
um, when you buy a suit upgrade from the shop and get it equipped, it's basically just sticking more bits of metal to the jumpsuit. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, technically, yeah, I mean, it's just getting more armor coverage. That's that's what you're going for. But it is kind of funny because um, it puts a cap on what exactly it is and what it can do and what it's for. So, yeah, it all ties up nicely. It maintains the in-universe stuff of like having the hood being all like part yeah. of the suit and everything is just all being built up. It's added on. Exactly. Uh, Speaking of tying things up nicely, uh, let's go around the room and give our final thoughts on the original Dead Space. Um, Jordan, let's start with you because I'm fairly sure we all have a pretty good opinion of what your <laughs> uh, your outlook is. It's an essential game um, from, from the period, um, from the genre. Um, and if you, if you love Resident Evil, or the thing, or alien. You've got something invested in mm. this to to check it out. Um, it's a it's a very enjoyable game. Has aged gracefully. Um, so yeah, o- honestly, give it the time. Give it give it some uh, attention and some love because it's it's fantastic. It, it's really hard for me to find any fault with that. I I completely agree with you, uh, James. How do you feel about the original Dead Space? Uh, yeah, adored it. Uh, it's unique. Um, in its own right, it's, you know, you see his suit, you see that cover, you, you know it's dead space. Mm. And it's and it, it holds up and has held up now that we've seen over a decade later. Um, this is a decade, right, Sanya? Yeah, it's over a decade now. <laughs> 12 years ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't, don't yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, lo- love the game. And uh, I, I'm, I'm a fan of horror. Uh, anyway, and especially body horror, and you saw all of the best things uh, of body horror in this just this one game: mm. sound, the the gore itself, the crazy monsters, the 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 uniqueness and space trucker like aspect of everything. It was great, and the uh, the um, the the claustrophobic nature of uh, of the walls and the vents they could come out anywhere we actually didn't talk about that much but yeah the mm. the vent system was pretty cool like in any other game other than in isolation <laughs> in any other game you see a guy he's over the other side of the room and you're like okay yeah we'll deal with him later nope if he's seeing you he's getting an event and he's coming to chase you but um, <laughs> yeah it's like that that's that's that for that time that was unique yeah uh, in itself. Too. Um, and yeah, just a bunch of unique stuff, and that's what I love about it. And yeah, I'll, I'll I will always recommend it to friends who who like horror or just want something a little bit new. Well, I say new, but a little bit different mm-hmm. than your typical horror. And Steve, sum up your feelings on Dead Space, please. Rubbish. I didn't like it. No, well, okay. <laughs> no, of course not. Of course not. No, um, I feel like I'm repeating what the other guys have said, but like. To go on a different tangent, for a game's mission statement to be Resident Evil in space, they nailed it. Like, it's got your files, it's got your mystery, it's got your combat, it's got your item management. I would argue it's more Resident Evil than Resident Evil 4 was, even though it's in space, and even Mm. though you don't have true tank controls in some regards. Like, there is an atmosphere here that the the later, should we say the suplex trilogy? of Resident Evil doesn't have, <laughs> right? Uh, I'm going to coin, oh, by the way, credit, credit to John Muncher on Twitter for calling 4, 5, and 6 the Suplex trilogy. That will stay with me forever. Um, <laughs> no, no, Dead Space, if you haven't played it, you need to. If, like, uh, there is no ifs or buts. You need, to, you, need to, you need to play it, and then you need to let me know so I can tell her and say, good on you. It's awesome. Now play the sequel. It's even better. Um, right, but no, Dead Space 1 is a landmark title that still, like, 
this recent playthrough. I want to play it again. Like, it's that good. You know, that kind of horror game. That's a lengthy, what, 12 hours, 8 hours? Like, to want to immediately pick it up again is a rare thing for me. Like, I only have that for, like, your Resident Evil games or your Doom games or something that's normally, like, easily digestible. Mm. So, yeah, for Resident Evil in space, they nailed it. Yeah, I think you actually said something that I completely glossed over in the fact that if it's... If it is Resident Evil 4 in space, it has handled certain aspects of Resident Evil 4 or certain aspects of Resident Evil than 4 did. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot more horror in this than Resident Evil 4, a lot more consistent horror as well. Um, it's We didn't really talk necessarily about sort of like the cramped corridors and stuff like that, where which, which forces more horror upon you and like Resident Evil 4, which is a bit more wide open. Um, so I think... It, yeah, it's clearly made by people who sat on, who know what they knew what they wanted to do. They saw that and they said, you know, this is what tweaks I would make. Um, and they definitely they pulled it off from top to bottom. It holds up incredibly well. Um, as I said, I only played it for the first time a year and a half ago. Um, and it's really nice to go back, even now, just to play it again was really good. And yeah, probably in a year and a half, I'd be happy to play it again. Uh, but I'm just as happy to look into what the sequels might give us if we do get to that point that is obviously in your hands nothing else remains for me but to thank our contributors and our patreons once again support the show for as little as one dollar a month to help us create more bonus content like this over at patreon.com forward slash fa spray pod you can also join our discord server where you can discuss resident evil with us and other fans and listen to the main show live as it's being recorded the link to the server is in the description of this podcast and also on our social media profiles you can follow us on twitter at fa spray pod on instagram at fa spray pod and on facebook at facebook.com forward slash fa spray pod you can find the podcast on youtube stitcher spotify and itunes and if you enjoyed the show please do leave us a review where you can it helps spread the word our next bonus episode will be taking us to our first entry in the Pile of Shame series, or whatever we're calling it, uh, where we all picked a game um, and you voted on one without knowing whose Pile of Shame it comes from, and we're going to be revealing who that person is when we play The Last of Us. Thank you to the panel. You can follow all the Pueblo people individually. I'm at Sinyak underscore one, two, three. Steve is at Firebutton Games. Oh, wait, Steve is at, what is it, FB Steve was taken still? Yes. <laughs> Jordan is at Box 64 And James is at Moist Owlet OFF. And finally, thank you for listening and have a good week. Make us whole again. We are whole. <laughs> Make us whole again. You know what? Like all these comparisons to to Resident Evil Four, but I did think like during the stream, like uh, well during the recording, it's if only Dead Space had its version of the Merchant. Like, <laughs> no, it's those shops. It's just not quite. No, no but like like an actual Merchant, oh, just, right. like a half like, necromorph no matter, dude. No matter where, like everyone else is dead or being turned into necromorphs, and then all of a sudden you just get this one guy who's just ready to sell you some plasma pieces or whatever. <laughs> This guy's got like the claws at his back, but how you doing, stranger? <laughs> That's what this game needed. It needed Space Merchant and Space Lewis Sarah. Then it would have been. <laughs> <laughs> no sexy Spaniards in dead space. This is cancelled. I don't mean yeah. like a. I don't mean like an equivalent to Lewis Sarah. I mean actually Lewis Sarah. Just Sarah. Because yes. <laughs> he deser- he deserves it. <laughs>
<laughs> that means you either really like him or you think he should be shot out into space. I'm not sure. Oh, no, no. I loved, <laughs> I loved him. I loved him. He deserves a second chance. But I, I understand putting him in the universe of Dead Space doesn't give him a lot of chance. <laughs> <laughs>